Oh, so that's a long, long time way back, yeah, fifties, late fifties and sixties. So uh, by the time I came onto the scene, it was 1969. Okay, and I started off solo, completely solo, as a nightclub singer and a live concert singer. But my two elder sisters by then had broken up. Okay. I mean, they weren't singing together anymore because each one got married and they went their own ways. Okay. okay so uh, having said that, they were. Really, the I mean, if there was the Mangeshkar sisters on one side, it was the Sami sisters on the other side. I mean, who were doing Western music, but my uh, two sisters did only only Western music. Okay, so they did a lot of a lot of shows, but mainly f- uh, for police clubs and non uh, non commercial ventures, shall I say, not commercially. And uh, when they went uh, solo, I mean, my sister Uma. Uh, unfortunately she's no more she's the one who did the amazing song called uh, bombay meri hai oh yeah. she did yeah, i love that she's the one song. yeah everybody we used to sing it through our time yeah who doesn't love that song <laughs> it was uma who did that oh. and uh, when they went said uh, their separate ways then you know for a duo to come back and sing together is a big thing because you know the thing about uh, singing harmony and mel- uh, melody and harmony it's a you know you have to clip your accent the same way the words have to go same way so like if you said oh we ain't got a barrel of money you know everybody both have to sing it the same way yeah. oh we ain't you know the words have to come right and so they had already gone their own separate ways and they had their own styles of singing so you see the thing is that when i started singing they had already stopped singing okay so there were never i was never part of the sami sisters except okay. for the fact that we were born of the same appa and amma okay the same <laughs> okay. father and mother okay. and uh, my father was in the police and uh, you know he, by the time i came on to sing uh, it was it was totally a different scene i started off in a nightclub in uh, madras and then i uh, carried on singing in nightclubs and doing live shows i decided that okay let's get them all together it was a humongous task getting four sisters together and it was not only was it humongous it was the most fantastic and exciting experience for me because i had the infrastructure in calcutta i had a, i have an audio studio so i had place to rehearse and i had place to uh, get the musicians and you know work out things for all of us so we went as the sami sisters but in fact 
the original Sami sisters are only Indira and Uma. Oh. We just tagged on. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was a fantastic show. And after that, uh, somewhere down the line, Uma unfortunately lost her husband. And so she stopped singing totally. Oh. She just gave up singing. So the three of us, uh, Indira, Uma, I mean Indira, Usha and Maya, got together and did a couple more shows. You're also, I mean, in the uh, mind of the general public, you're like, um, you know, you're so connected to the disco era. You know, you uh, you sang so many of those, you know, fantastic songs which had so much energy and which continue to be, I mean, at that point, people didn't think they were classics, but now they are, you know. I always keep telling everybody that, you know, the singer is always, I mean, the song is always bigger than the singer. Always. And, you know, you may outlive your time, but the song never does. It's always carried on by other people. And when people, these days, when they grumble and say there are lyrics, my first line is always, give it some time. Give it some time. Even someone like Ardi Burman was not appreciated at his in when he was alive. True, yeah, give him some time. Today he is one of the most uh, mixed and remixed and re-remixed, uh, you know, music directors of all time. Every song of his has been remixed. I don't know how many hundred times. But Rambaho, Hari Om Hari, Dam Maru Dam. You think of every disco song that I've sung has become a classic, as you said, and I'm glad it came out of you, you know, and not, not, not that I had to explain it clinically. But when you say that, it becomes a classic only, because for Hari Om Hari or for One to Cha 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 is more than that, actually. So everything for it, for it to become a classic has to be given time. As I said, the song is always bigger than the singer. So you must, and my advice to all youngsters is to aspire to be the song. Mm. You know, when you become the song, then it, there is a chance that it will survive. Mm. But if you don't become the song, and if you don't believe in the song yourself, how are you going to make other people believe it? So you have to believe, and like I say, you have to have a dream. If you don't have a dream, how are you going to make it come true? So you've got to have, have a song and you've got to believe in the song and yourself and carry it on forward. I mean, I can say a song like, say, Ina Mina Dika. I mean, rubbish. Anybody would say it was in those days. They would say, what rubbish is it? Ina Mina Dika, Dai Damanika. Okay, what? But there is a seriousness when I sing it. Because I say, or if I say, uh, if I think of any other kind of song, I mean, uh, which is fun, I would say, how hard have I worked for it? For it to be, become fun. For it to make other people laugh and smile. How long has it taken? Mm. You know, and how many shows have I done? And how many times have I sung? It's one of my biggest songs. Yeah. Okay, How did it become so popular? I worked very hard at it. And I don't have a hard luck story to give. I don't uh, cry and say, oh, I struggle so much. I don't. Because nobody wants to hear it, no. Hmm. Yeah, people come to listen to you because they want to be entertained. That is true. Yeah? So who's going to listen to your nonsensical, you know, uh, troubles? Why? Why? For what? I mean, everybody's got troubles. Who doesn't have problems? But when I think about it, I'm a happy person. I come from, I mean very comfortable space in my life and I would love to say that I'm a compulsive optimist. I'm always looking for and I look for and I believe in a better tomorrow or a better better next moment. 
which is why I'm sitting with you now. I mean, why, why, would, I, why would it happen otherwise? Unless uh, I was able to convince you in some way that I'm uh, nice enough or important enough or, what shall I say, just friend enough to be with you, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So that's so important. And I, I'm very, very happy. And I'm glad you asked me that about... Basically, people... Uh, write off songs like say Hari Om Hari or Ramba Ho yes. or uh, Mera Naam Chin Chin Jo they used to no even even now many, many songs people would say this is such rubbish you know I mean what, what kind of lyrics are these or you but my point is uh, why is it that people are coming to listen to this song there's got to be a reason for it, no? Yes. There's something in the line, and it's all in your mind. If you think that it's a bad song because the visual says, you know, the, sees Kalpanaya dancing, or it's a cabaret song, or whatever it is, with less clothes, people think it's bad. But what are girls doing today? Oh, now it's like that. Yeah, so what, what are they wearing today? So, but they think that even I am, yeah. No, no, so then... In those days, they thought Helen was horrible, and today we're demifying her, isn't it? Exactly. Being God, undino me kya nachti thi, kya fantastic hai, this, that, and the other. But in those days, log thukte the. They used to think that it was bad, it was sacrilege to see cabaret done by either Helen or by uh, so many others, you Bindu. know, Kalpana, Bindu, all these. We were all supposed to be bad, okay? And you were termed bad, but that's not what it's all about. That's not what it's all about. You know, you, you spoke yesterday about, you know, singing for the bad girls. You know, I also was wondering about um, your voice was very different from what, you know, the sweet and the high-pitched voices of um, the good girls and, you know, the, uh, the established singers. So talk about that. You know, and about now, uh, strong voices are appreciated and, you know, there, there's no stereotyping like, you know, this voice for this person and this heroine will get this voice. All that thing has changed. What is there to talk about except the living example that I am, yeah? Yes, yes. You know, things have changed and people have started seeing that, you know, um, people like, say, for example, Rani Mukherjee, Tanuja, Shabana, yes. they all have low voices yes. and they would all love to have my voice uh, yes. to sing for them. But when it comes to the producer, the producer always thought that you needed only a, a type of singer, like, yes. say, they were all put in boxes and that, that you remained in that box. Okay. But if you, if you really want to think about it, a Mujra song is as bad as a, uh, or as good as a ca cabaret song, That's isn't true. it? In, you know, if you said uh, uh, one of my songs, say, Okay, now it's all in your mind, isn't it? Yes. I mean, whether good or bad is in your mind. Mm -hmm. If you think of um, a song like, say, for example, now, if you put it with dholak and uh, with, uh, you know, uh, harmonium and all that, and uh, you sit in a mandir and say, you'll say it's Lord Krishna, no? Is that right or is that wrong? We always think of, yeah, it could be a Radha Krishna song. So, it's in your mind. If you think it's bad, it's bad. So why would you think it's bad? Just think it's good and it'll be good. You know, you've sung for so many languages. Uh, you know, you've sung in South Indian languages, you've sung in, sung in Bangla, you've sung, of course, in Hindi. So talk about, you know, the challenges of singing in so many different languages. And how, how come you've managed it so well? 
Actually, I keep saying it to everybody that, you know, if you're born Indian, you're born with an advantage of 17 basic languages. So why not sing in those languages? You know, why restrict yourself to borders? Because music really doesn't have those borders. Yeah. And uh, so, but in school, I mean, talking about it clinically, oh, in school, I went to a convent school and uh, English was the medium of teaching. The second language, I mean, was Hindi. Third language was Marathi. Fourth language was French. And at home, we spoke a little bit of Tamil. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that makes it five languages already that I was familiar with. And then because I was in Bombay, I learned a little bit of Gujarati. And that made it six. And then, you know, when I moved to Calcutta, then I started singing in Bengali. And I'm married into Kerala, so... Malayalam is like, you know, okay for me in any language. So actually, uh, in school, I was good in language. I was very, very, I was a very, very good student, basically. I wasn't a bad student. And uh, in those days, if you got 84%, uh, it was something wow. fantastic. But now, yeah, and... Yeah, I know, everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, everybody's looking for 92 and 96. Yeah. But I... I passed my SSC with uh, 84%, and I, I say it very proudly because my basic languages were, I mean, uh, basic marks I, that I used to get was for language. And so I realized very early that uh, language was one of my strong points. And so whenever I got a song to sing, or, you know, if I felt I had an audience, which, you know, there was one Assamese person in the audience, if I sang, Tuktiki Murga, and they would be so thrilled you'd find all the Assamese people coming out and doing their bihu. Or if you if I sang in Konkani and sang, you know, and uh, you know, I realized that the connect was amazing when you sing in their own languages. So language became a part of my repertoire, all my languages. And I think that is what really is one of my biggest uh, selling points now. Great. So on that note, we'll end. Though I'd love to keep on talking to you. Um, thank you so much for you know being on the show. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.